0: I'm gonna have the ushers come in, and uh, we're doing a sermon on digging ditches and getting ready for God. And uh, I am an economical pastor. I called Oriental Trading Company, and uh, Devin, you guys go ahead and hand that stuff out. Uh, Oriental Trading Company and ask them, what are the little sand bucket, sand shovels cost? They said a dollar or two a piece, and I thought, times 400, I think not. So my wife and I were talking, and she said, well, when you go to the beach, you use little spoons. And I thought, well, a spoon will suffice as an illustration for you for a shovel. So uh, as you get these spoons, uh, hold on to them. They'll be what you will uh, need for the sermon illustration that we'll we'll be doing a little later. While they're passing them out, let's uh, have a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you that we can come here today and worship you and witness the baptism and also the baby dedication. We just thank you for the opportunity for this church to be involved in so many people's lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So if you'll take one of those spoons and hold on to it and take it home with you to remind you of the message today and how you can become more involved and, uh, in that uh Spreading the gospel and digging ditches for God. Let those get out there. Looks like somebody's running out of spoons. There's another box of them out there in the hallway there, Devin. That's a good problem. We are getting ready to do a baby dedication. Uh, This is a time where we come and... uh, What we're doing is basically, as a church, we believe that uh, baptism and accepting Christ is something that is done as an adult, and uh, what we're doing here is we're dedicating the parents and the family and the grandparents and and all those people to help raise that child, those children, in a Christian home in a Christian way. (coughs) Let me get a chance to get all these spoons out. Okay, Devin, can you start in the back on the other side, too? Come up. Everybody got them? Well, now we'd like to invite our parents to come up for our baby dedication, and I hope I've got the right names. First, we have Kayla Robinson, and we asked Kayla to come forward with, uh, is it Aiden? Also, we have Jordan, Jordan, and Whitney, Barnard, and uh, is it Jade Lee? And also, we have Cody and Alex with Mackenzie. What I'll do is I'll read uh, and we'll have the parents respond with we do and then I'll have a congregational reading for you as a congregation to read and then we'll have a prayer. Do you here this day recognize this child as a gift of God and give a heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Do you here this day dedicate this child to the Lord who has entrusted you with their care? Do you here this day pledge as parents that you will bring up this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do you here this day promise to give this child every possible benefit of a Christian education and of the church? And do you here this day ask God's blessing upon this child to guide, guard, direct them through all the years? Okay, congregation. We who are gathered in worship are privileged to witness the coming of these parents to dedicate their children to God. We have heard these parents promise to maintain these children in a Christian home and church. We the congregation commit ourselves to assist these parents in this enormous undertaking. We pledge our support for these children. We will be willing to help them in their spiritual, physical, and social development as they grow to maturity within our congregation. Let us pray. Father of all life, we thank you that these lives are now dedicated to thy love and care. We pray that your many mercies will follow these children all the days of their life. Bless these parents and give them the strength to keep the vows they have made. Help each of us in this congregation to discharge our sacred responsibilities for these precious lives. In the name of your son who said, Suffer the little children, come unto me. We humbly pray. Amen. Thank you, parents. We are here on this Sunday after Easter doing a baby and child dedication. We also did a baptism. These are two important events we celebrate in the church. The baby and child dedication is where the parents and family are committing to raise their children in the way of Christ. They are committing to invest in their children spiritually and to expose them from Stories of the Bible, to pray with them at home and to involve them in the church and as much Christian education as possible and to make a commitment for the long haul. Now, baptism is the next step. It is when the individual grows to understand their sinful nature and their need for change and makes a personal choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. That person is choosing to let Jesus become the Lord of their life. And they are following the commands of Jesus Christ for baptism. Where they go under the water as their old sinful selves and come out from under the water a new person. And just as Jesus rose from the dead as our Savior, death symbolizes that change of a person is making in their life to be a follower of Jesus Christ and make him the Lord of their life. The baby and child dedication is the beginning of a long process that parents undertake to expose their children to Jesus and his teaching. While baptism is a person showing everyone that they have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life and they are committing to a lifelong process of growing in their faith. And using their life to serve Jesus Christ. But none of this occurs without an investment. Now you may be looking at the scripture passage Gary Reds and what in the world's that got to do with baptism and baby dedication? Israel is in a time of war. Also a time of drought. And when you're in war and you have a drought going on, you turn to God real quickly. So the kings look back and say we need God the kings have forgotten about God when things were going good a lot like us we are living the easy times and we don't worry about God but let hard times come and you start looking for God because hard times lead us to prayer hard times put us on our knees so who do the kings turn to The prophet Elijah has been taken up in a fiery chariot up into heaven and his replacement is Elisha. And Elisha is a prophet of God. So the kings get Elisha and ask him to have God meet their needs. Because they know that only God can bring the rain. And they know that in a time of war without water you can't fight. So How many of us are going through droughts in our life? How many of us are living in deserts of our own making? We, too, have needs that only God can meet, and we've been there where it's buried beneath the surface where we see a smile on your face that you know all is not well with your life. You may have money to spare but no peace when you lay down at night. You may be faking it in your marriage. You need something in your life that only God can do, like who you need to forgive you because you have things just eating you up at night. And only God can provide the relief for the droughts that we go through. So what we see happening here is the kings are placing their trust in God. And Elisha knew that they were only coming to him because this was their last opportunity, their last option. And Elisha knew that God ought to be their first option, just as God ought to be the first option in our lives, whether we're going through a drought in a desert or not. So Elisha gives them a word from the Lord, and the Scripture says, The hand of the Lord came upon Elisha, and he says, this is what the Lord says, make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. That sounds crazy. This is not what the kings wanted to hear from the prophet. The kings wanted to hear that there was a miracle coming from God. They wanted the rain to come back and water to be abundant, but instead they get a work order. There was something God wanted from them. There was something God wanted them to do in preparation for that miracle. Yes, God can make it rain, but God wanted the king to dig ditches. And yes, God can do miracles in your life, but God's calling you to dig ditches too. And there are things that only God can do, but in order for God to do what he can do, He often calls you to do your part. Before God sends the rain in your life, He may call you to dig many ditches. And here's something about faith. When you are digging ditches, you don't know where the rain is coming from. It's like praying for these children today. And we have a child that when they grow up, they veer off the path and they're running with the wrong crowd. And as a parent, you don't know what to do or how to get them back to God. But you have to keep on loving them. You have to keep on praying for them. You have to keep on communicating with them. You have to keep digging ditches. Parents, that's what you're doing when you bring these children, young children to church. And parents, you do it year after year, week in and week out. And what you are doing is you are digging a ditch in the heart of your children, giving them exposed to God long before they make the step of baptism. You are filling their minds with Scripture and with music that will remind them and remain with them all through their adult years. And yeah, I'm sure you're... Going to have times in the lives of your teenagers and young adults where you would rather be using the shovel to to dig a grave rather than dig a ditch for your kids because of their attitudes and their smart mouth. But parents keep digging the ditches with love. Parents never give up digging, even though it looks like what they're doing is not working and is a waste of time. It looks like the investment is underappreciated. But what God says is you take those shovels, those spoons, and you you keep on digging. It's significant that you haul them to church. It's significant and it matters that you take them to Sunday school and you take them to vacation Bible school and church camps. You're doing something rather than just sitting around waiting for God. That is all digging ditches in preparation for God's miracle. But when you're down to nothing in life, hey, you need to remember God's up to something. So what ditch is God calling you to dig? In what area of your life are you preparing for a blessing that God wants to send to you? You answer that question and you move to a realm of faith you've never been before. Because Faith is not wishful thinking. Saying, oh, please make it rain. Oh, please bless my children. What God says, you bless your children. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. You start speaking words of blessing over your, your children. Pray to God for help. Oh, God, heal my marriage. Well, God may be saying, you get that shovel out, you idiot, and you start taking your wife to a restaurant that brings the food to your table, and you put on a shirt with buttons and (laughs) wives. You pray for your husband. Maybe when they come home from work, you need to pay more attention to them. And you say, oh, Lord, fix my wife, fix my husband. And God is saying, you got some ditches to dig. I want to fix you first. You have some changes I want to make in your heart. See, we are real big on the rain thing. Praying God, send the rain. God, send your blessing. God, send your healing. Why, God is saying, start digging the ditches. In other words, we need to do the part we can do in preparation for the miracle. We don't just sit around and wait on God to make it to rain. We are praying, oh, Lord, bless my finances. And the Lord may be saying, why don't you start giving some back to me? Or why don't you start showing up on Sunday night to Dave Ramsey's financial peace class and learn how I want you to handle money? And you may say, God, I don't understand your instructions when I read the Bible I do not know why you are giving this commandment or asking me to do this. Well, God doesn't call us to fully understand his instructions. God calls on us to obey his instructions. And we get in trouble when we try to understand stuff that God wants us to obey. See, it didn't make sense for the Israelites to dig ditches in the valley where there is a drought in the land. The last thing that they wanted to be doing was exerting and sweating when they had no water. And when you have questions and doubts about a situation, God is saying, just start digging. Because real faith keeps digging when everyone else thinks you're crazy. And the harder to dig, and the harder you work at it, the closer you're getting to the result or the answer. You may feel like you've been digging forever, but God just says, keep on digging. And maybe you need to be a person that keeps inviting your neighbor to church, even though it seems like you're getting nowhere. But maybe one of these days, after a lot of digging, they may come. Yes, you see them Sunday mornings, their car in the driveway, and you know they're in bed or doing their lawn, but God is using you to invite them, and they may know, come to know Jesus Christ because of that invitation. Only Christ can save. You can't do that. I can't save somebody. But God can use something as simple as an invitation to prepare the way for someone to meet Christ. He says, you dig the ditches, and I will send the rain. God calls his people to partner with him. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know how many people it took digging ditches each Sunday, each Wednesday, to make church happen? Do you know how many volunteers... Do you know how many ditches were dug by Sunday school teachers and preschool teachers, nursery workers, focus workers, preparing lessons, And what about the people preparing food on Wednesday, the snacks out on the table in the lobby on Sunday morning, the people greeting, the people hosting, the people ushering, just to make Sunday morning come off. Thank God for ditch diggers in the church Because ditch diggers just don't expect God to move. Ditch diggers take steps of faith believing that God will act. And while a lot of people just show up for church wanting rain, they don't wait on God to do something. See, God gives us the power to do something. And if you want to be greatly used by God, If you want the joy of the Lord in your life, it might cost you something. You might have to start digging some ditches. Just think about it. Vision. God doesn't just miraculously take a magic wand and tap you on the head, and suddenly you have vision. Vision doesn't happen like that. It takes work, it takes schooling, it takes studying, it takes seminars. It takes prayer. It takes Bible study. Some people pray, God, I need you to give me joy in my life. While well, God says, if you want joy, rejoice. Joy happens when you turn off the depressing music and the bad TV shows and all the negative things coming into your life and start thanking God. Because if you want joy, rejoice. You say, I want to grow in my faith. We come to church and said I just don't get anything out of the sermon. I get nothing out of the Sunday school class or the Bible study. When did it become what you get out of it? God is worthy of our praise, and we come to church to give God praise and sacrifice. And if we come to church and never pull out the bulletin or take a note or sing a praise, how can we expect to get anything out of it? How can we expect any growth? And we wonder why God isn't breaking an addiction or changing our lives. Wonder why there isn't a miracle. Well, it's because God is waiting for you to start digging. So, Get your shovel. Get your spoon. Don't wait on God to give you something that is already yours. Elijah says if you want God to send the rain then you need to dig a ditch. And maybe you're frustrated with your job or your business and you wonder why God isn't making more things happen in your life. But God says keep digging ditches. God says don't Become weary in well-doing, for in due time you're going to reap if you do not faint, in Galatians 6, 9. See, in ministry and in youth work and children's work, you can just get sore and get blistered hands from digging all the time, and and there's no miracle or no rain in sight. And you find out if if you just would dig one more time, that God is already there using your digging to prepare a blessing for you in the future. And it's often coming from places you don't even see. And while you're frustrated today, while you are digging, God is preparing your tomorrow. And that is the nature of faith, folks. You can trust God in today, and you can know God owns your future. And God has been faithful in your past, but what ditches does he want you to dig? It's hard to believe, but you will find that sometimes when we have dug the longest, where we've gone through the longest time of drought and the hardest times of our life, when we look back simultaneously those end up being the most fruitful times of our life and our time of most spiritual growth because of what God is doing inside, inside of us. And in those times, you think that the, the rain will never come. And sometimes God is just waiting for us to demonstrate our faith. Can you demonstrate your faith by taking that first step, by acting, by doing, by digging? That's why we never give up digging in a relationship. We always work on those relationships. We never give up on the pursuit of our dreams. We always work on those dreams. You can't stop trying. But if you keep digging, God's going to send the rain. And God knows how to send the rain. God says, nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is too difficult for me. I am God. But we need to take steps of faith and say, if he's ready, I'm going to be ready. Look at what Elisha writes in 2 Kings 3.17. For this is what the Lord said, you will neither see wind or rain, yet this valley will be filled with water and you and your cattle and the other animals will drink. In Hebrews 11.1 the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith for the Christian means you don't you don't have to see it to believe it. You don't have to wait to see the cloud in the sky to do the thing God commanded you to do. See, you don't wait for that feeling. You put your faith in motion and the feelings follow. You don't wait to see the evidence. Evidence will come after obedience. Did you hear that? Evidence will come after obedience. That's the nature of faith. You see, God is calling you to fight the battles. But realize those are battles that he has already won. So you have nothing to be afraid of in times of drought. In 2 Kings 3 It says, the next morning about the time for the offering of the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Eden, and the land was full of water. It took the Israelites to start digging by faith. God wanted them to take the first step, and that's what he wants us to do, to take the first step. God wants to fill this church and your life with blessing. God wants to fill your heart with comfort and compassion. But God is calling us to dig a ditch, to invite someone to church, to repent of a sin, to bring your children and grandchildren to church, to have blisters on your hands because you're still digging and trusting God for your tomorrows. Because God stands in your tomorrow and your best days aren't behind you as a Christian. They're ahead of you. Nothing's too hard for God. Folks, evidence comes after obedience. That's when the Israelites saw the rain was after they started digging the ditches. Let's understand that God is calling you to fight battles, to dig ditches of battles he's already won. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for being a God that is there, that involves us in your work. We pray that we're always faithful, that we're able to prepare for miracles and to do our part. We thank you for being a God that involves us in that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.